You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, we're just so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, I am your host and also the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined every single week by my tremendous co-host. Couldn't do this without him. Uh, And we couldn't do what we do here at Rocket Sports without him because he's our editor-in-chief and the founder of Rocket Sports. And he is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, thanks. That's good. We are we're coming to you on a different day than we normally do this week um, because we had some pretty important things happening on Tuesday uh, this week, and that was uh, the Laval Rocket exit day. We didn't want to miss a moment of that and wanted to bring you as much as we could. So that's why we're coming to you on a different day, but with no less content. No less content and no less enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Um, up here, we're 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 already. Some people have already started. It's a Victoria Day long weekend, oh, yes. the first Happy long Victoria weekend Day. of summer. Yeah, the May two four weekend. Some call it. We get uh, we get ours down here south of the border next weekend for Memorial Day. So it's the kickoff to summer and um, for the hockey season, um, the AHL season winding down. But uh, lots of those AHL players have. Uh, have joined their respective NHL teams, and uh, I, th- I think we'll be talking about that. I think. Yeah. I think so. Will we? I think there's something important happening tonight in Montreal. For sure. Well, not in Montreal, but for Montreal. Mm-hmm. First time in 42 years, we have a Habs-Leafs playoff series. Oh, boy. That's exciting. Uh, should we stay off Twitter? <laughs> for the next two weeks <laughs> no you should well, not i think it'll be uh it'll uh, oh i think it'll get a little spicy well yeah especially because it's billed as a kind of a david versus goliath kind of the 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 betting odds are just ridiculously um mm-hmm. you know way in favor of of the leafs um but stranger things have happened stranger things have happened uh speaking of of betting odds and fantasy and all that kind of stuff it is playoff time and uh, big stakes mean bigger promotions uh every day of basketball's playoffs 
DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. And the best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. Uh, so DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to pools, and you choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Here's all you have to do. Just answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games, and then track your results throughout the evening. Questions range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. And most importantly, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. Remember, that's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And remember, that promo code is... THPN stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, As I said at the top of the show, we are a proud affiliate, and that is just one of the perks you get uh, with the Press Zone podcast being uh, part of the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, sponsored by DraftKings. The other thing that that, uh, our listeners will get Hmm. is a brand new DraftKings branded podcast uh, that takes a look at the dynasty uh, time of the Montreal Canadiens, the 1970s. Mm. Uh, I had the opportunity via DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network to record uh, a podcast with uh, former Canadiens first round pick Terry Ryan. The two of us shared nice. stories. Uh, and uh, yeah, I talked about the, the uh, play, uh, two playoff runs leading to Stanley Cups. And, and uh, I just thought I'd give you a little sneak uh, <laughs> peek into what's coming and we'll let you know when that's out so you can find that very nice and uh yeah i bet you i bet you had fun uh, oh we had a great time. chatting with terry ryan mm-hmm. um yeah we've got uh got a lot to cover today um in the first segment of course we're going to set up the montreal canadians starting their playoff series tonight uh we're going to talk about uh some uh, some guys who are returning from injury and took a very very <laughs> high profile uh route to recovery uh once they were back to to fighting for him again um uh, that would be a couple of guys who got sent down for a conditioning stint in Laval, and uh, certainly all eyes were on the Laval rocket that day. Uh, we're also going to uh, talk about um, how Dominic Ducharme is formulating his lineup for tonight's series opener um, in terms of the prospects and young players and, and how he is approaching uh, his philosophy for tonight's game and, and just our thoughts on that in general um, before we then head to the second segment where we are going to talk about the Laval Rocket and uh, give you a, a, a good picture of how the season ended for the Rocket. Uh, we know from our weekly coverage that they had a tremendous season. Did it end that way? Mm, not so much. So we're, we're going to break that break that down a little bit for you. Uh, we are going to bring you audio uh, from a multitude of guys that uh, I had a chance to speak with on uh, the Laval Rocket Exit Day. Uh, 
And uh, I mean, we've, we're going to hear from Joel Bouchard. We're going to hear from Jan Meshach, Gustav Olofsson. We're going to hear from uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard. We're going to hear from Jesse Yolonen. Uh, um, so lots of audio coming for you in that second segment, as well as um, indications that there are two guys that we know won't be back next year because they have signed elsewhere already. Uh, so we will bring all of that to you before we head around the AHL in the third and final segment, where we'll introduce you to this week's player of the week, uh, as well as uh the winners of this year's Hap Holmes Award uh, for goaltending uh, have have been announced and want to uh, mention that for a moment. Uh, this year's Hall of Fame class for the AHL has been announced. We want to talk about that briefly before we give you uh, the winners of each of the divisions for the year. Uh, and, of course, we don't know the winner yet of the Pacific Division because they are the only division who are doing postseason play. So we'll bring you up to speed on where they are at before we send you on your merry way to start the Montreal playoffs with a feel-good finale. It's a great show. Lots to cover. Um, so first and foremost, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as Rick alluded, it's the first time in 42 years that the Habs and Leafs are meeting in the postseason. You could say there's, um, oh, I don't know. Hype. A little bit of hype. Tension. <laughs> uh, big expectations. Um, I think all around. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting. Um it is a case where it's unfortunate that there won't be fans in those buildings, um, at least not right away. If they make it to game six, then there then there will be a, a smattering of fans permitted at the Bell Center if they make it that far. Um, it's going to be an intense series, I think. Um, and uh, I don't know, Rick, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting it going. For sure. And uh, th- this is... Uh, the the Leafs and the Canadians will be the last playoff series uh, to get underway. Mm-hmm. Um, had to wait for um, uh, Vancouver and Calgary to clean up some business first. Um, and uh, the other series, we're already in one or two of the series into game three already. So, yeah. And what we've seen uh, has been great hockey, has been intense hockey. Um, sure. You look at the... The Panthers, uh, Lightning. You look at um, Caps, Bruins for sure, and um, and so, so it's it's uh, it's that new season. It's a different type of hockey, um, and and given the the, the lineup choices, um, it's you know the Canadians obviously are looking to, uh, to to punish the Leafs. Maybe that's the uh, the one way that they can slow down the 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 potent. Leafs uh, offense and uh, and make this a close series and uh, and we'll we'll see tonight. Absolutely. Now, keys to to the Habs having uh, any chance at success, we're certainly getting guys back from injury. Um, most notably, um, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher, uh, Carey Price, um, Shea Weber is getting there. Um, he, he was a pretty full participant in practice yesterday. Um, but the interesting thing is that, um, all of a sudden it was announced after one practice, full practice back for Price and Gallagher, suddenly it was announced, oh, well, we've now assigned them to Laval for their condition, for a conditioning stint, uh, on Monday morning in advance of, of Laval's final game of the season. And I I think I tweeted something along the lines of, 
Okay, the Cole Caulfield weekend brought enough international attention to the Laval, our Laval Rocket coverage. Uh, now, the world's best goaltender and Brendan Gallagher are, are going to be joining the lineup tonight. Um, it was uh, it was quite a season to be on the Laval Rocket beat, let me tell you. Um, so sure enough, uh, Price and Gallagher joined the Rocket for their morning skate that day. Um, Carey Price led the led the team in their the stretch at the end of the skate. Um, it was announced that Carey would. Uh, it was planned that he would play half half of the game. Um, and it was pretty easy to figure out that Caden Primo would then would then be backing up for the second half of the game. Um, Brandon Gallagher was placed on a line uh, with Jordan Wheel and Rafael Harvey Pinard, which of course some in the Montreal media couldn't resist that storyline of it's well known that RHP um, idolizes Brandon Gallagher. He wears number eleven. Uh, didn't give it up. For Brendan Gallagher to come back, uh, Brendan Gallagher had to resort to his old Hamilton Bulldogs number seventeen. Um, Carey Price, by the way, had to wear number thirty because his former number for the Bulldogs twenty nine is currently worn by Gustav Olofsson. Um, but Bouchard said, "Okay, maybe there's a little bit of that there," but he felt that Gallagher would fit in well on that line. So, Rick, it was. Um, it was a lot of expectation. Uh, there was a lot of hype around that game. Um, and frankly, um, well, we're going to talk about how the game went in the next segment. But for Price and Gallagher, I think I think they accomplished what they wanted to do. Gallagher said after the game that it was Bergevin that came to him and said, do you want the option to go down and play in Love Out tonight? And Brendan said, yes, I, I'd really like to get into some game action just to to test my lungs, uh, particularly endurance, see where I'm at, that kind of thing. So I, I think they got what they were looking to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, this was, uh, with, with all this attention on Laval, with with two of uh, of the the Canadians, the league's uh, premier players mm. going down and, and uh, playing in the AHL, there was an awful lot of attention on the Laval Rocket. Uh, there was fans seeing a Laval Rocket game for the first time. There was a lot of media seeing uh, the Laval Rocket for the very first time, and and so I think some false expectations were created. Um, <laughs> and and um, you know I I think that uh, many on both sides didn't really understand what this is about. So they were, oh you know Brendan Gallagher uh, was pointless, and 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 Carey Price let in so many goals and so many shots. That's that's. It's it's meaningless. It's mm-hmm. it's completely meaningless um, for Carey Price and and yes, uh, two goals were allowed, but one was uh, on a one timer uh, from the circle on a power play on a Marley's power play. The other was uh, a terrible Laval giveaway, mm-hmm. and then the 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 puck got kind of pinballed around, bounced in. Uh, he he didn't have a chance on either goal, but but whether he did or he didn't, it it, it wasn't the point. Um, Price wanted to get in; he wanted to um, uh, uh, compete in traffic uh, as he did, uh, particularly on the penalty kill. He had to fight around screens, and 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 those are the kinds of things that goalies really value uh, that you don't get in in practice. It, it's not the shots; it's. It's being able to uh, to maneuver around that that traffic. The other part of of price, and you saw it. Uh, it was it was a glaring difference uh, between um, any you know between price and any of the um, 
uh, Laval goalies, but particularly Primo. Primo has a very tough time uh, playing the puck outside of his crease. Mm -hmm. It's it's a skill that he needs to uh, spend a lot of time working on. And Carey Price is the best in the world at doing it. Mm -hmm. And you saw Price uh, with a lot of puck touches, (laughs) uh, an awful lot. And and he wanted to get that feel again, picking the puck off, off the boards, making those outlet passes, starting the rush. And he did it very, very effectively and um and he looked very good he looked um uh very comfortable uh as as the game went on brendan gallagher is a similar kind of thing he started a bit slow um and it looked like he was keeping his shifts extremely short uh in the first period as you said building up that endurance um and uh his shift length uh, lengthened as the game went on, and and there was testing a, himself. <laughs> he was testing himself, particularly toward the end of the second period, where um, he 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 uh, as as his line mates changed, he stayed out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can imagine, and he admitted that after the game, he was yeah, doing that on purpose for sure. That uh, you can imagine the, the coaching staff really feeling that that they're kind of a, a, a bystander <laughs> in all of this when when um, Brendan Gallagher was making decisions about his shift length and Carey Price was making a decision about uh, when, when he'd uh, he'd make the switch with Caden Primo. That's right. Well, he was supposed to, as we said, you know, it was it was announced that he would play half the game. Well, um, they were they were about to, I believe, go on a penalty kill. Um he hadn't seen a ton of shots in the second period. Um, and so there came a, a TV timeout and um, he skates over to the skates over to the bench and Caden Primo has already come over the boards. Um, and so he's on the ice and he's just taking a drink, getting ready, uh, reaching for his mask to put his mask on and carry skates up behind him and taps him on the back of the legs with his with his goalie stick and says something to him. And Caden, you see him answer, and Caden then reaches for his mask, and he puts his mask on. And Bouchard comes over, and you see Carrie and Bouchard have an exchange. And the entire time that Carrie's talking to Bouchard, he keeps tapping Caden Primo on the back of the legs with his goalie stick, like, no, kid, I'm trying to tell you I'm not coming out yet. <laughs> and finally, Joel Bouchard looks at Primo and looks at Price and nods and says, yes, okay. And and Carrie taps him in the back one more time and then heads back to the net. Um, you know, he... He wanted to, it was obvious he wanted to finish out the period. He just hadn't quite had enough touches. He hadn't felt the puck enough, wanted to get some more special teams time, and was trying to tell young Caden Primo, young grasshopper, I'm going to need you to have a seat for a few more minutes. Uh, I'm I'm going to go finish out this period and then and then I'll give you I'll you know I'll hand the crease back over to you for for the third and final period of the season. But you saw by by that uh, he was hinting to to Primo, but not but not telling him directly right. because he. Um, you know, even he though the, he's the, the protocol yeah. uh, of that that call has to come from the head coach. Um, he made some strong suggestions <laughs> to Joel <laughs> Bouchard, <laughs> but it needed that that uh, hang on, Caden. Uh, you're going in in the third needed to come from Joel Bouchard, and, right. and that's how it uh, it eventually happened. Even though it was initiated by Carey Price, that's right. Um, 
And the interesting thing, too, is, you know, Rick talked about how, you know, he he was playing the puck a lot, getting a feel for the boards again and, and things of that nature. Keep in mind, the Laval Rocket is playing this season at the Bell Center. Mm-hmm. The Canadians practice at Broussard. So this was an opportunity, partic- yes, for Brendan Gallagher, but particularly for Carey Price to get on the Bell Center ice and get a feel for the boards again, which is something that's critical for him to be able to do. Because the next time he plays a game on Bell Center ice, it's going to be game three of the series. And so do you want that to be the first time you've played on Bell Center ice and gotten that feel for the for the flexibility and the the nuances of the boards again? Or do you want to go down and, and play a game in the AHL where you can do that in your own building as opposed to if the Laval Rocket were playing at Place Bell in Laval this season – Maybe that would have been a different story for for Carey Price to go down. Who knows? Uh, but but I think the fact that they're playing in the bell in the Bell Center also was a big factor in in both of those guys going down for their conditioning stint. No, I agree, hundred um, percent. So they're back in the lineup, uh, looking like Jake Allen will will um, be backing uh, him up. Of course, uh, should mention that the Black Aces squad has been announced um, and there are I believe nine uh, nine guys who will be the Black Aces. The forwards are comprised of Lucas Vedemo, Yessi Yelonen, Alex Belziel, and Laurent Dauphin. I'll reserve judgment on those last two. Uh, <laughs> defenders Kale Fleury, Otto Leskinen, Xavier Ouellette, uh, and both McNiven and Primo uh, as uh I guess that would be the fourth and fifth goaltenders on the <laughs> on 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 the squad as well, because don't forget Lindgren uh, is still around as well. So, um, Rick, I think that I think most of that was pretty um, predictable for who would be invited to be part of the Black Aces. Um, I would say Laurent fans a bit of a reach for me, um, but. Aside from that, um, I expected Willette to be there. I'm glad to see Flurry and Luskin in there. I'm I'm glad to see Vedemo and Yelone in there as well. For sure, uh, Vedemo and Yelonen, uh they're the they're the prospects with respect to the forwards. The other two are there for you know political reasons. Um, same goes for the the defensemen, Flurry and Leskinen. They're your two prospects. Willette there for political reasons. Um, and um, uh, then uh, Caden Primo and, and Michael McNiven, um, you know, uh, well, we can call Primo a prospect. I'm, <laughs> I, I would I would guess that that McNiven's there as a carrot um, if they're thinking of, uh, you know, him anchoring uh, a spot in Trois-Rivières next year. Um, mm-hmm. But but, you know. Um, it, for whatever reason, it, these are our rewards. Are there other players that uh, would have been there under different circumstances? Well, of course, uh, Josh Brook would have likely been there. Um, uh, Ryan Paling likely would have been there. Mm. Uh, what? Well, not likely. He, he would. Or, have. Yeah, he would have. No question, have been there, uh, if not for uh, his injury. That's that's absolutely correct. So. Um 
We'll see how all of that works out. So so that leads us to just the final thing we want to touch on in this segment is 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 the lineup that Ducharme is deploying tonight. You you touched on this at the top of the show that he's uh, the top of the segment, I should say, saying, you know, Ducharme looks like that he's he's going with a bit of a heavy lineup, uh, trying to bring some physicality and so forth to the Maple Leafs. That comes at the expense of Yasperi Kakinyemi, Alexander Romanov, and Cole Caulfield not getting into the lineup. They have been uh, fifth line or um, or fourth pairing uh, all week in practice. Um, I think we're probably in agreement that we're okay with not playing Caulfield right away um, because he's still very fresh and new. Um, but I have to say, sitting KK and Romanoff, I think are a an enormous slap in the face to both of those prospects. Um, B a confidence killer, particularly for Kotkaniemi. Uh, and C just not great for their development. I don't think. No, it's not. It, it, it just isn't. It's. It's bad management. Um, it's bad coaching. Uh, it's bad development. It's bad transit. It's bad all the way around. For Caulfield, uh, absolutely. It was a bonus that he got into the games uh, that he did at the end of the season mm-hmm. uh, based on the um, um, uh, the injuries that were, were in the lineup. Um, but, um, you know, Romanov and, and Kakinyemi, that's... Um, uh, that, that's just that's just poorly done. Uh, absolutely poorly done. Um, Kakinyemi didn't miss a game. Played fifty six games, um, and, and actually one of the one of a handful of, of players to have uh, played fifty six games for the Canadians. Didn't miss a game uh, during the season. Uh, Romanoff was close behind with fifty four, uh, and now you you sit them to to start the playoffs. Um, it's just it's the the, the the um, maddening thing must I would expect for Kakinyemi is that um, some of his issues have been caused by poor coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, Barry Kakinyemi. Um, when when you look at the, uh, the 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 inconsistency of his line mates, um, you know, when, when you when you do the query and ask who were were uh, Kakinyemi's most frequent line mates, you end up with defensemen because um, uh, who is on the ice with him most consistently? Defensemen because he didn't have a consistent uh, forward uh, forwards, and and then towards the end of the season with Descharm. Uh, moving him to the wing. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of things that never, ever, ever, ever happened with Nick Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki going through his own, um, um, you know, uh, plateaus or 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 dips at times. Um, but they 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 kept supporting him. They 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 kept uh, some consistency for him. Uh, and it and the results have been much different. Kakinyemi has been. Um, his development has been mistreated and, and, uh, and, and now for him to sit on the bench and it's just, it's, it's poorly done. It is poorly done. It is. Uh, and you know, I don't want to see them get in, you know, and, and Dom keeps, keeps saying, well, you know, the lineup can change game to game. He's certainly not saying that the kids aren't going to play. What I don't want to see happen is that, 
Um, and, and Rick, I think you and I might have even talked about this at one point this week. You don't want to see, God forbid, the Canadians drop both games in Toronto. Then they come home to play in Montreal for game three, where it's make or break time. And then you put them in the lineup then. Yeah, because, uh, okay, here Let's you go. Let's add some it's more up, pressure. It's up to you. Yeah. Uh, you got to turn this around. Don't screw up. <laughs> and and when when uh, young players try to do too much, they get in trouble and they make mistakes. And then the coaching staff or the general manager says, see, that's why that's we didn't why put we didn't... them in the first place. That's yeah. right. And then they get benched again. Then it kills their confidence because not only because they couldn't pull out all the stops when the team needed that. It's just, it's a bad combination. So I'm... I am actually hoping that one or both of Kakanyemi and Romanov get slotted in on Saturday night in game two, regardless of tonight's outcome. Just so that if they do then play when they come back to Montreal, regardless of what the 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 standings are in the series, they don't there isn't that pressure of, okay, now we're bringing you in. Um, I'd like to see them one or both of them get ice time on Saturday night. My fingers are crossed. I don't know if it'll happen, but my fingers are crossed. Um, so we should say before we head to our first commercial break, um, the series does start tonight. If you're not already, and I can't imagine you're not, but if you're not already, be sure you're following at all Habs on Twitter, uh, bookmark all habs.net on your internet browser. Um, because uh, Rick will be manning the controls of all Habs as he does each and every day. Uh, we'll bring you all the game action uh, tonight uh, during the game, as well as an extensive game recap. Be sure, actually, go check out the game preview. It's kind of an extended version of the game preview. He'll have those out. He and Sam uh, put those out before every game on game day. Um, so you want to go sh- check those out. Follow all Habs throughout the series. Uh, my friend and colleague Ben Dankyu has a brand new Habs fan forum uh, reaction video that we actually put out a day early this week, thanks to the series. Uh, go to the YouTube channel for All Habs. Uh, that's just youtube.com slash allhabs. Um, and check out his most recent post, uh, which is the playoff anticipation. He gives his playoff predictions and uh, his reaction to the lineups for tonight in this series and how he thinks the Habs are going to handle the Leafs. So lots and lots and lots of playoff coverage uh, from the Rocket Sports and All Habs crew. So be sure you're following along and check it out in addition there yeah. is a brand new article today by kate gilpin uh about reconnecting uh for yes. the playoffs because we know that that uh fans um some some fans uh re-engage they they're they're more casual they 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 see the odd game but but during the playoffs they jump back they're all on the, in. <laughs> yeah they jump on the bad bandwagon particularly a, a leafs canadian series so mm-hmm. Um, what you can do uh, is to share these articles, uh, share the, the, the posts uh, on your uh, social media, um, share the, the uh, Ben's videos, share our podcast, uh, because there's going to be lots more fans looking for where to get their information, and you want to tell them it's from All Habs. That's right. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, you don't want to miss our second segment. We've got all of the ins and outs of Laval's exit day interviews, lots of audio that you're probably not hearing uh, in many other places, and uh, just a wrap-up on Laval's season and where they go from here. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media. 
digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Don't forget, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, be sure you're also following us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find Rick at All Habs. And what you want to be doing is following at the AHL Report. That's where you'll get all of our uh, Laval Rocket coverage, prospect coverage, uh, the, this podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss a minute of content at the AHL Report, so be sure you're following us right there. So the Laval Rockets, uh, what a what a crazy season, but it has finally come to an end. Uh, they are the division champions uh, by a pretty good amount. Um, it was a, it was a successful season for Joel Bouchard's group, you know, at the beginning of the season, he had something like 35 guys on the roster. And frankly, thank goodness he did, because by the time we got to the end of the season, uh, between call-ups and injuries, um, if, if that wasn't the textbook case of limping, uh, limping out of the season, I don't know what is. Um, we talked a numerous times over the course of the last few weeks that the seven games that they were going to play in May, six of them would be against the Toronto Marlies. And it turns out that um, in their last seven games, they only won once. Lost six of seven, uh, lost four straight to end. Uh, similarly to the Canadians, actually, mm -hmm. the Canadians losing five straight to end the season. Laval lost uh, four straight and, and yes, uh, six of seven. In their last 10, um, four wins, six losses, which allowed um, an eight and two um, run by Hershey, uh, allowed the Bears to uh, mm. take overall uh, um, 
honors in uh, the best team in the AHL with right. uh, Laval coming in as runners-up. That many losses in the month of May in such a short period of time for Laval was, I mean, that's that's basically, they came into the month with that many losses almost on the season. Um, it, it was just not something, it, it was very rare that they lost back-to-backs, um, and it was the first time that they had lost more than two in a row. Uh, and then of course it ended up being four consecutive losses. That last game against the Marlies, uh, where Price and Gallagher were down for their conditioning stint, they actually got blanked on that one. Uh, the Toronto, uh, Toronto Marlies shut them out. Um, I will say, so p- keep in mind, part of this is an extensive slog of injuries to the Laval Rockets, uh, top offensive guys. I mean, there's no Joel Teasdale. There's no Blandizi. There's no, um, Paling. There's no Ryan Paling. Uh, there's no, there's another one. And I can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, forgive me. Um, but there was so many injuries for the rocket. It also, so it meant that guys who either had played inconsistently, uh, throughout the season or were not used to having big, roles of responsibility were suddenly shuffled all over the lineup. Josh Brooke pr- played forward for, for the last four games of the season until he, uh, on an unfortunate accident, got injured on the second to last game. And, and he's done for this, for, for the season. Now he said, he's going to stay in Montreal until he heals up and then he'll go home. Um, it's an injury to his knee. He wouldn't, uh, delve any further into it than that. But, um, the other part of it was that the Toronto Marlies goaltenders, uh, Michael Hutchinson down playing his first couple of games in the AHL this season. He had been on the Toronto taxi squad. Uh, he won. He, he was an absolute brick wall. And Joseph Wall was a brick wall. Uh, they ran into some very hot goaltending for the Toronto Marlies to end the season. Um, and uh, sure enough, they, they got shut out. Um, I think by the end of it, Joel Bouchard looked pretty tired. Uh, it, they've had a grueling schedule this season. It's been a lot of hockey. Uh, it was a lot of hockey in the last two weeks um, for for all for both teams, really. Um, overall, Joel Bouchard said, you know, he was he was pleased with the effort. The effort never quit for the team. Uh, things just didn't come together uh, this month for a, for a multitude of reasons. Um, and so, frankly, Rick, I said this to you earlier this week. I think it's fortunate that the Canadian division decided not to have playoffs because. If they had, or if this had been a normal season, trying to get into the playoffs and you don't have all of those top guys who are done for the season, that would have been a difficult postseason run for the Laval Rocket. It would have been, um, and and with the with Laval on the decline, um, that you know injuries are are always a part of of any um, league in hockey, but particularly the AHL because you're affected by your own injuries. And the injuries at the uh, NHL level, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of movement. But that that's that's for any team um, that that applies. With with Lavelle, the the other issue was uh, once that they had nothing to play for, once that they had locked up uh, top spot in their division and had won the Mathers Trophy, Frank Mathers Trophy. Um, their play seemed to decline. Um, you know, they ran into some good goaltending, uh, but their, you know, their their shot selection was was getting poor as as the days went on. Put plenty of shots on net. Plenty of shots, like but from all over the place. Night, yeah, but, uh, but, but but not high danger. No, 
Um, so, and and uh, Joe Bouchard, you know, you evaluate the the, the players, um, and you also evaluate the coaching staff. And and Joel Bouchard had um, had a, a, a real list of successes this year, and mm-hmm. he said uh, that he learned a lot, f- and he thinks that his players learned a lot from winning. Uh, but you also have to lose and er, er, learn in your losses. And one of the uh, you know points of evaluation would be how does a, a head coach keep his players uh, motivated and engaged when there's not a lot to play for? And that checkbox didn't get uh, you know ticked off for the uh, the coaching staff in this one, and and that's something I I, I hope that over the as they they look back uh, they'll say okay we we could have done this we could have done that differently. That's true. Um, it's it's uh, it's a learning time for uh, Joel Bouchard came into uh, the the league with uh, with no pro coaching experience. And he has learned a lot, and he has progressed a lot. But he there has. are still lessons uh, that that he has to learn uh, as he uh, builds up his uh, coaching resume. For sure, um, you know it was it was an exciting season to watch to watch the Laval Rocket. Um, it was one in which you know I I asked Joel Wishart on Exit Day how he would assess uh, how well the guys who did get called up were able to transition to the NHL. And, and um, while he felt they did well, he did point out accurately that this was an odd year that because of the taxi squad situation, there weren't a lot of guys uh, as far as prospects to go from Laval and go play in the NHL. There were some that got caught up and spent some time on the taxi squad, but there was very little actual prospect going to go and play in an NHL game. Um, it was a, it was a little odd for that this year. Um, and until the end of the season, the Canadians had stayed relatively healthy as well. Uh, so there weren't, you know, the first half of the season, there weren't a ton of injury call-ups. So um, that'll be something hopefully next year in a quote-unquote normal season. Um, it'll be something to see if they're able to continue performing the way that they were able to perform this year. Obviously there will be a new roster in place with some new faces, but will, uh, how, how successful will that transition, uh, from AHL to NHL be for, for some of the younger prospects? Um, so we should, uh, we, we've got some audio cobbled together here for you bits and pieces. Keep in mind, uh, on the AHL report, if it's not uh, later this week, then it'll be the early portion of next week. I'm going to have a full, uh, I'm going to have a, a, an article uh, out on AHLReport.com, which is basically kind of the the postmortem on the Laval Rockets season. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to talk about a bunch of players and how they performed, good, bad, or indifferent, as well as have some quotes and some audio uh, clips from the full variety of exit day interviews where we don't have enough time to get to all of them. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was like a three hour phone call, um, on, on Tuesday, but we do want to give you some highlights and, and we're going to start with Joel Bouchard. Um, there were a lot of things that I could have pulled with Joel Bouchard. And, and again, that article will address some of it, but the, the one thing that I wanted to bring to our listeners today, um, was the one thing we heard over and over from from Bouchard and from the players this year is that word buy-in, that the players all bought in to 
the program that Joel Bouchard is building and his systems and the way he and his coaching staff run things. Um, And as a result, I think Bouchard really benefited from that um, and, and talked about what he's really taking away from this season. This is by far the most, like the, most coachable group I've ever had. I had some really good team in junior and we overachieve and I love those guys, but they were younger kids a little bit. And, you know, I had to make some statement and point and guide them. And this group, Amy, like easy. I would get between period. And a lot of time coach, we go between the first and the second and we get disappointed. So we just told them they don't do it. We would tell them something. They were like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It's just kind of weird. We finished the game and, I, I sounded almost like a broken record after every game. You guys listen, look at the result. You guys listen, look at the result. Like I would write on the board, like more of the same. Like I, I ran out of things to write, you know. You have the recipe, just keep going. I think that's, I mean, how often does a coach get that opportunity where they're like, I, okay, you guys are actually listening to us, so I can't tell you anything else. Joel Bouchard running out of things to say. Well, wow, I know God, that's that's quite a team. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that's a big testament to how sure. much this team really worked together and worked with the coaching staff. And I, I think that's um, part of it is a testament to the culture that Bouchard has created. Um, part of it is, I think in a pandemic year, I think a lot of these players were felt fortunate that they were even playing and it was, let's just put all the attitude, let's check all the attitudes at the door and let's work together and do something special. And it sounds like, uh, it made it a lot of fun for the players, but it also was really rewarding for the coaching staff. And it was a really, um, unique environment in that, uh, we talked about it before that the, the Canadians were not uh, an organization that put their top prospects on the taxi squad. For the most part, mm-hmm. they left their top prospects in Laval. Um, and it was uh, the, maybe players that uh, were on the periphery that uh, uh, they, they, had, they put on the, on the taxi squad and even brought in some NHL veterans uh, to place there on, uh, on um, cheap contracts. Uh, the other part of it is at the other end, uh, you know, once again, uh, the Canadians organization didn't have an ECHL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, all of those, the players that would have been uh, loaned out to an ECHL franchise weren't there. They were part of the group. So um, Joel Bouchard had his pick of, of uh, players who were, were uh, performing and uh, and and you know that that internal competition I think uh, really helped and and uh, uh, it really um, sometimes that can divide but this really brought the team together uh, and uh, and 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 they were successful as a result. So the coaches were obviously uh, happy with their players, but quite frankly, the players they seemed to be pretty happy with the coaches as well. Um, had a chance uh, on on exit day to speak with Jan Meshack. And as an aside, I got to say, Jan Meshack, one of the most delightful young athletes uh, I've had the opportunity to talk to, particularly even this year. Um, just, he is always happy. Big smile on his face. He loves hockey. I think he he loves the opportunity that he's had this year. Remember, he's only a teenager. He should have been playing uh, in, in the CHL this year. Um, and so this was a big opportunity for him. And he's just he's just so happy and happy-go-lucky and upbeat 
to talk to. Um, but so I've got a, we've got a few uh, audio clips from him. But first, he talked a lot about how uh, how much he really appreciated the camaraderie within the whole locker room. Uh, and so I asked him to also comment on his experience with these coaches. Yeah, uh, it's it's it was kind of unbelievable because uh, I've never had the, the coaches like this. Um, I mean, we work on every single detail I, I've never heard about uh, before. So uh, it was uh, incredible for me. And uh, I didn't even know before that uh, you can do hockey like this. So <laughs> it was, it was so good for me. And uh, I, would, I would say a uh, big thank you for them. It was, um, again, his, his smile is infectious. You just can't help but smile while he's talking because he's just so genuine about it. Um, and it's interesting to hear from, a, from such a young, from a young man who played in the Czech. Um, I didn't know you could do hockey like this. I've never had coaches like this before. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was pretty neat. Well, it was a good match because, you know, in, in academics, you, you see, uh, students who have a real thirst for knowledge, they, they just, and they, they stand out immediately. And, and Jan Mishak is, um, you know, his, his work ethic, his positive approach, his hockey IQ. Uh, so he knows what to do with the information when he gets it. Uh, but he just wants to learn. He, um, you know, we remember um, when he had this opportunity. Uh, one of the first things he did was um, he didn't ask the Canadians to arrange it. He didn't, you know, call in a favor somewhere. He picked up the phone and he called Thomas Placanitz mm -hmm. uh, and said, "What should I expect when I go over there?" Um, you know, he he uh, his his. Uh, a friend of his mom uh, was was pretty good in French. Oh, okay, come on over and give me a couple of lessons before <laughs> I go over. Um, he just, uh, you know, he he's wanting to learn. He's wanting to uh, to be to learn every detail. And so, for a coaching staff, uh, he takes initiative. He took initiative, uh, but for the coaching staff that wants to get across to him that uh, there are a lot of details that he has to process on the ice. Uh, this was a perfect match uh, because he's a details-oriented kind of guy, and uh, and and what an opportunity! Um, he really um, like don't if if you didn't see him play, don't run to the stats page and look up. No. Um, you had to see him play. Uh, great work work ethic. Uh, just um, you know, relentless. Uh, while he was uh, whatever zone he was in. Um, and uh, bearing down on every face-off. You know, you saw that he's going to be a good playoff guy because, um, you know, he, he, he took everything so seriously, yet enjoyed things uh, immensely and, and had that smile, that positive attitude. Uh, a great player, and um, we should say that, uh, um, you know, there is a chance that he... He's of that age that he would either uh, be required to go to uh, to the OHL, back to the Hamilton Bulldogs, or uh, the NHL. Now, you know, uh, I don't think that there's a, a chance yet mm -hmm. no. of him making that jump. Um, but, um, you know, with, with some 
um, cooperation uh, from the folks, uh, the Ham- Hamilton Bulldogs, and we know that uh, Michael Andauer is uh, is the owner of that team and has connections with the Canadians. Part uh, he has part ownership share in the Canadians. Uh, that maybe um, uh, they would rel- relinquish uh, their claim on on uh, on Jan Mishak and, and because I would I would really like to see him back with the Laval Rocket uh, next year. Yeah. Uh, but certain things have to happen for for uh, that to take place. Absolutely. So you say, you know, it was a good fit between him and the coaches. Well, I also asked him, okay, well, was there one person, as far as your teammates went, was there one person um, who you really connected with, who mentored you, who kind of helped you the most while you were here? And there was a definitive answer to that question. I would say that we had a great group of guys. Uh, whole team was was really good, and uh, they helped me as a, as a rookie. Uh, they helped me a lot. But the one name I would say, Cam Hillis, uh, he 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 pushed me, uh, pushed me to do more and more, and uh, uh, work harder every day because he's some some kind of some kind of good friend to me. Uh, we f- we find out that we have the same birthday actually, so uh, it's kind of funny. But uh, probably I would say Cam Hillis. Well, if you're going to share a birthday, <laughs> then you have to be instant best friends, right? Well, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah, a good uh, initiation, yeah. uh, icebreaker there. Um, but Cam Hillis is is actually a really good match uh, for Jan Mishak. Both of them are um, smart. Uh, Cam Hill is very cerebral, uh, mm-hmm. very serious about his craft, and uh, you can see them uh, pushing each other. Uh, so not a not a veteran, no, uh, but another uh, rookie. Another rookie in Cam Hillis. I thought that was uh, I thought that was very interesting. I like that he, of course, gave the nod to the entire team first, mm-hmm. but then definitively. But if I had to say one guy, it's Cam Hillis. Um, I, I liked that a lot. You know, it's 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 been an odd year. He is a rookie, and we have to remember we've talked about this before because of the pandemic. We talked about this in terms of of guys on the taxi squad and in the NHL about how you know it's different this year because there's no you know guys didn't room together. Uh, there wasn't off at you know outside the rink team activities and bonding and those things of that nature and that that went the same for the AHL as well but in particular when you've got rookies and rookies who are teenagers 18 that's a whole different beast that we're talking about and and Jan Meshack did talk about how this year was um it was a little challenging at times particularly making that adjustment to uh living on his own uh, outside the rink uh, was was really hard. <laughs> I didn't live my with my family. Uh, I didn't live with a blood family. Uh, I just lived alone, so it was uh, really hard because I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to figure out with the food, how to wash something and uh, dry my clothes. So uh, it was hard. So most of the time, I just called back home to my mom, and she 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 told me what what should I do, how to cook the food. Uh, so uh, it was hard at first days, but uh, another new things for me, uh, another new things in my life. So uh, I'm thankful for that. So he admits it was good for me because I, I learned some new life skills, <laughs> but it was kind of because he was thrown into the fire to have to do it. Montreal Canadians do better. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Do better um, because um, the, 
you should be facilitating uh, the a support, ad- a support system and and the adjustment, the transition, uh, particularly for those players who are are coming from from Europe um, and who have never lived on their own without a billet family before, even for sure. Um, d- just do better. We've we've talked to numerous. Uh, prospects who uh, you know this is uh, who really struggled uh, their first year and and in the cases the the, the famous cases the Brandon Gallagher uh, paired with Josh George's mm-hmm. that came from Josh George's had nothing to do with uh, with the team at all so Canadians do better absolutely uh, I'm sure mom mom Meshack liked getting <laughs> a call from Jan every day. Mom, how do I cook the food? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure she, I'm sure she, at, at some level, got a kick out of being able to help him through those things. But yes, there should have been a support system in place, for, and I'm sure he wasn't the only one. I think of Arsen Kismutnov as well. Uh, maybe, perhaps, in a similar situation. Uh, particularly the guys, you know, Kismutnov. I don't think. Uh, particularly when he first at the beginning of the season, English was probably difficult for him. So. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was an interesting moment in 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 his exit interview and one that was a little light, but it also you know gave you a picture of of some of the difficulties that that were there. So you go from Jan Meshack uh, and his effervescent personality to Jesse Olonen, who is one of the most serious young prospects. <laughs> You could ever talk to, and I, and I say that with a laugh, but I say that out of respect for Yessi. He takes this career in hockey very seriously. He takes his game very seriously. He takes everything very seriously. He is his own worst critic. It is hard to get him to uh, acknowledge accomplishments um, without qualifying them with things that he needs to work on as well. Um, and so, uh, in in. In talking with him, I, you know, I asked him just in general, did you accomplish the things that you wanted to accomplish in this season? Well, I think uh, we had a good year. Like I'm most happy about the way our team, our team played, and we uh, managed to win the Canadian division. That's what I'm uh, the most happy about. And uh, I think uh, uh, personally, I did, I did okay. Like uh, it was. It was easy to come here to play with uh, with uh, good teammates and good coaching staff. So, I'm um, overall I'm uh, I'm pretty uh, happy with my season. Excellent. And are there are there areas of your game that you're going to particularly concentrate on uh, in the off season that you're that you're hoping to to really improve on before camp uh, in the fall? Yeah, there are for sure a lot of areas, but. Uh, uh, they are the areas that uh, I've been trying to improve for a long time and uh, like defensive game and battles and uh, getting stronger. Like uh, I think I've improved them a little bit, but I still have a lot of work to do and I will work on, on them during during summer. So the first part of that is probably the most um the, the most solid compliment you'll hear him give himself, I think I did okay. <laughs> um, and and very quick to point out the things that he wants to work on in the offseason. Keep in mind, yes, he alone had, had a tremendous season. Um, he earned himself, he was one of the few who earned himself a call-up, got into one NHL game and didn't look out of place, to be quite honest. Um, in 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 the AHL, um, you know, he he 
he was one of those that became more dependable as the season went on. He moved up in the lineup as the season moved on. Uh, he found himself in, in the top six um, quite a bit, played in 28 games, um, had I'm trying to had at least 17 points. I don't I, I'm off the top of my head. I can't remember if he had a point in, in the last uh, in the last game or, or not, but not a season that he could uh, turn his nose up at for sure. He and it's 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 fun because um, we follow these prospects very closely. We follow them uh, when they're drafted, some before they're drafted, uh, but certainly we follow their progress uh, through the uh, the leagues that they're in and on their their journey. Uh, and when Jesse Alonen was uh, called up to uh, the Canadians, you had certainly fans like who's this guy? But the the Montreal media were were very amusing uh, like oh my goodness this who's this pro- he can play um shocker shock i'm shocked <laughs> oh i'm going to have to mark this name down right here and uh-huh. um alonen is um uh, you know between himself and and Ryan Paling uh they're both uh you know very mature in their game uh, very NHL ready, mm-hmm. uh, and and you you won't you won't get that uh, from again you won't get that from st- statistics you won't necessarily get that from Yessi Yalonen who's very modest who's very frugal with his words and mm-hmm. who's very serious, um, but he is a very good hockey player. He's an excellent skater. Beautiful uh, yeah. to watch him skate. Uh, particularly his his uh, quick acceleration has a great shot, terrific shot, um, mm-hmm. uh, quick release. Um, He's a keen pl- playmaker, great playmaker, and and uh, very defensively responsible. Um, just uh, has a lot of poise out there, um, and had no difficulty whatsoever transitioning to uh, the smaller ice surface. Not at all. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about Cam Hillis that he's a very cerebral uh, young rookie. Uh, so I posed pretty much the same kind of question to him that I that I that you just heard us talk about with uh, Yessi Yalonen, and uh, here's how Cam Hillis looks back at this season. Yeah, it was nice to nice to see steady steady progression. I think um, just being the year that it was, and and to see my game continue to grow, um, that kind of builds confidence for me. And um, you just got to take the opportunity and, and work with what you have. And um, I still got to play with some great players. And um, like I said, just learn off those guys and, and get to continue to build my game. And um, I think just towards the end of the season, I was, I was feeling more confident, starting to make a little more plays and um, just continue to be responsible on my own end and um, play the game as a whole. Do you have areas of your game that you're specifically uh, wanting to really work on in this offseason? Yeah, I think just strength. Um, I think I'm a pretty smart player and um, can think the game well, but um, there's some there's some bigger guys out here now, and um, it's just going to come with maturity and strength for me, and um, it'll allow me to, to play my game. So Cam Hillis agrees with you that he's a cerebral player. <laughs> he is and and uh, but but that's that's something you can't uh teach if they mm-hmm. have a uh if they can't think the game or think the game quickly or or uh, process the the instructions and play with pace uh they're not going to make the jump uh, cam hillis has that what he has to work on 
is uh, is getting stronger so that uh, he can do the things that uh, that he wants to do, uh, so that he can compete with the bigger players. And and that's you know if someone is focused, if they work hard, which he is, uh, they'll get there. Those are things that are easy to fix. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks in camp in the fall. I think he's going to make some big strides this summer. Um, Rafael Harvey Pinard was certainly a headline grabber uh, this year. Um, you know, Joel Bouchard is very familiar with him, coached him in junior. Um, he's been around for quite a while. Uh, our longtime listener, Kathy, absolutely adores him, <laughs> as we all know. Um, you know, he made a splash uh, particularly, you know, and, and yes, they like to uh, equate him with Brendan Gallagher. He's he's not Brendan Gallagher. He has flash. He has moments that you can see that there is skill and talent there, but there is also a lot for him to work on. Um, the good thing is, is he's another one. He's very talkative. He does not mind talking to the media. Um, and I appreciate, while while I, in in his exit interview, when I had a chance to speak with him, he was happy to talk about the successes of the team and, and how he felt he did in his in his rookie campaign. Um, but I was pleased to hear when I asked him again that same question that I like to ask the younger prospects, what are you what areas of your game do you want to work on in the offseason? Um, I was happy to hear him respond in a way that was equally detailed, that he is aware of areas of his game that he wants to work on. And these these are the this is how he outlined it. Uh, I would say taking a, a lot of uh, attention to the little details uh, that like Joel Bouchard was uh, talking a lot to me about it. Uh, I think after this season, I see how important it is when you look at the game, uh, these details like stick on puck, finish in front, those, those kind of things. It's so important and uh, I want to, to bring that every game, uh, every shift. So I think that's the most important thing that I learned uh, this season. And, and so he's going to keep, keep working on the details. He went on to say uh, he's going to work on his skating. And I'm, Rick, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Well, listen, his, <laughs> he's below a below average skater at the AHL level. Yeah. He's nowhere close at the NHL level. And uh, his skating is, is a long-term project, mm -hmm. a very long-term project. And I, I don't like to you know, uh, discourage anyone or, or, or project. Um, but it's going to be a very long shot for him to make, uh, the national hockey league. And, and as you know, as you might guess from being a seventh round, um, uh, pick, but, but also given his, uh, the challenges that he has, mm -hmm. um, but if he, you know, he has a, a high work ethic, uh, and, um, and if he focuses on that and, and I just, the only thing I worry with him is, uh, too much, too fast. He right. obviously was promoted, uh, beyond his level, uh, in order to, for the, um, for the, for the, for the narratives to come out. Um, so I, I would just, I would hope that he doesn't read his press clippings. I hope that he doesn't believe his press clippings and that he keeps his head down keeps focused and keeps working on um, on the game, particularly uh, his skate and, you know, his hand skills too. His determination, his fight, his persistence, all that's there. He needs work on skill and he needs work on skating. I would agree. I'm going to leave you all in this segment with one last audio clip because not everything 
the the overarching feeling coming out of Exit Day was positivity, optimism, uh, good feelings in the face of an odd year, in the face of a pandemic, so on and so forth. But not all of them. And Gustav Olofsson is a quality defenseman. He was a stable, reliable, dependable portion of that back end for Joel Bouchard this year. I even said to both him and Corey Schooneman um, that, you know, this this year, Joel Bouchard said many times he didn't need to change around uh, the pairings on the blue line because of how dependable and solid their chemistry was and how well they were performing. And Gustav Olofsson was a big part of that. Otto Leskinen was as well. That's why he's up uh, on the ta- on the uh, the Black Aces squad right now. But Gustav Olofsson also a big part of that. Um, this is this is the third season that he's been uh, with the Laval uh, organization. Keep in mind, and we've we've reminded you before, Gustav Olofsson has uh, you know more than a handful of NHL experience. I, th- I want to say he's got something 50 some games of, of NHL 59 games. Yeah. Of NHL experience. And so this is a, this is not someone who's just trying to get to the NHL to, to give it a whirl. He's been there for a, for a decent uh, experience more, a little bit more than a cup of coffee in the NHL. And so, um, you know, and he had some, The birth of his child in the midst of of the season meant that he had to take a temporary leave from the team to quarantine and leave and go home and be with his wife for for a couple of weeks. That was while the team was on a long Western road trip. So it was a long time until he could rejoin them. So it was a bit of a stop and start up and down kind of season for him. And so um, you'll hear the, the end portion of my question, but I really wanted to get to, for a guy like Gustav Olofsson, who has a lot to offer at the AHL level, but obviously can't be anywhere near done trying to get back to the NHL, where does a season like this leave him? You've got a, a decent amount of NHL experience, and do you feel that the progression that you made and, and the, t- the things you were able to do on the ice uh, help make your case for, for why you should get another crack at at an NHL contract coming up? I think that's, yeah, that's a really solid question too. Uh, it's, it's what I'm wrestling with as well. Like I, you know, I've been on the decline in terms of that, setting myself up for more NHL games, um, you know, and, and that's also, you kind of get lost in the fold being an older guy sometimes and, and there being prospects and, um, you know, players that uh, the organization want to develop. So, so I think the next challenge for me is is finding where that right fit is for me to take the next step. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, you know, if I'll be honest, I feel like it's it's been kind of stale in terms of that development this year, um, you know, working towards the NHL again. Um, so that's that's something that uh, that it, that is my main focus is is, you know, really rebounding from that and, and setting myself up and finding the right fit for next year so I can, uh, you know, move move towards that goal that was a that answer got more honest as it progressed you heard like he 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 answered it very honestly and came to a point where he could have ended that answer and took a deep breath and then okay well honest if i'm going to be really honest with you um i i that that part of my development and progression stalled this year and and he and then he continued um i thought it was 
a very interesting response. I appreciated and respected his honesty. Um, and it's one of those challenges of being kind of an in-betweener in the AHL where you're not a young prospect, but you're not an old guy yet. Um, that is very challenging for players in the season to season grind in the AHL. And when he says an, an older guy, he's 26 years old. Yeah, he's not uh, old. <laughs> so um, just to take a second to recap uh, his career, uh, he was a second round pick, promising uh, defenseman in, mm-hmm. in 2013, uh, taken by the, the Minnesota Wild, uh, played in the USHL, uh, played in the NCAA. Uh, and and progressed after that, uh, quite naturally played games in in the AHL for the Iowa Wild, uh, and then got his shot in the NHL with Minnesota and played 75-80% of the season and, and ran into a shoulder injury. Uh, then came to, uh, the, there was a trade, uh, he played uh, a couple of games for the Rocket and, and re-injured himself, or, or maybe it, it wasn't right in the first place. And so he lost uh, a year, uh, yeah. at least a year. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 then his, his expectations got kind of uh, readjusted. Uh, but you know, it's fine for him to be the the defenseman um, at the AHL level for the, the Montreal Canadiens that the coaching staff likes to pr- pair the young guys with. Yeah, because they know that that they they uh, you know they are developing the young prospects, uh, but they need a reliable guy beside them. Mm-hmm. And and Gustav Olofsson says that's great, that's fine, I understand that, but um, you know he. Uh, he didn't say it, but but obviously he has his own goals too. He has right. his own uh, uh, career to manage, and and he's expecting to get back in the NHL, and uh, and that took a step back uh, this last year, or or maybe uh, more than one year. Yeah. So it sounds like he. Uh, this is the end of his contract this season. So I would be surprised if we see Gustav Olafson re-sign with the Canadians. Um, unless they're going to give him a, a a one-way contract, unless he can earn an in an, an NHL contract, um, I would like to see him back. I think he's I think he's got some potential. I think he's a very reliable defenseman. Um, whether or not another organization can come in and tell him we'll give you more opportunities to get back to the NHL than you can get in Montreal, I think that's going to I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Is going to be his NHL potential. Um, but I just I, I appreciated that in a season where there weren't too many negatives in terms of the performance and the outcomes on the ice, just a gentle reminder that there are individual battles that are still taking place and that not every goal um, was really met on on individual careers. Um, and it's a, it's a good reminder of of those constant struggles that these guys are facing. Uh, again, I'll remind you, there are there's so much more uh, that that these players talked about and that players that we didn't even have time to get to, like uh, Michael McNiven, Yannick Veille, um, Corey Schoenemann, um, those kinds of guys that are all going to get covered in this end of the year uh, kind of recap and, and review article that's going to come out. So be sure you're watching AHLReport.com for that. 
And we are going to take one last quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll go around the AHL and get you up to date on all of the American Hockey League news. Don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We're so glad that you have been with us here today. Uh, it's It's been quite a week and uh, lots of information to cover, and we were so happy to be able to bring it to you. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can also follow me at, on Twitter at Flyers Rule. You can follow Rick at All Habs, and you can follow this podcast at The Press Zone. So be sure you do that. We uh, never want you to miss a minute of any of it. And also be sure you hit that subscribe button. However you're listening to this podcast right now, whether it's the player on our uh, the, the article post on our website, or if it's Spotify, or if it's Google Podcast or iTunes, whatever, however you're currently listening to us take a glance down and check to make sure that you're subscribed and if you're not just hit that subscribe button that way you don't ever miss an episode because guess what just because the ahl season is wrapping up uh if you've been a longtime listener of this program you know that that doesn't mean diddly squat basically <laughs> for us uh we you we will be here every week throughout the quote-unquote off season uh we're bringing you hockey news all year long so be sure you're subscribed you don't want to miss a minute in this segment, we go around the AHL, and uh, the first 
thing that we want to uh, take care of is talking about this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, and that would be none other than Hershey Bears forward Connor McMichael. Um, had two goals and four assists in two games last week, uh, which, of course, uh, helped Hershey secure the overall leading best record in the AHL for this season. Um, Connor McMichael has had quite a season. Uh, he's, a, he's a first rounder from uh, 2019's draft. Um, ended up le- uh, leading the Bears um, in his rookie season in goals, 14 goals, and 12. Uh, 27 points over 33 games played uh, this year. Made his NHL debut with the Capitals. I do believe he's up with their Blacks, Black Aces now. Um, and uh, just, you know, one silver medal with Canada at the World Juniors this year. So, Rick, I, th- I think Connor McMichael has had a pretty decent year. Great season for him. Um, he's a smart guy. He's, he plays uh, both ends of the ice, and, and uh, it's been very successful for him um, in the, on the points column as well. Absolutely. Um, one other nod um, that we want to mention uh, this year, of course, is a little odd for so many reasons, um, and uh, the AHL actually just announced today that, well, Call chairman of the AHL Board of Governors, but also former longtime president of the league, Dave Andrews, uh, has been chosen by the selection committee. He is the sole member uh, of the AHL's Hall of Fame class of 2021. So he will be inducted uh, next year at the All-Star Classic, which will be held in Laval. It was supposed to be held uh, this year in Laval. It's, uh, so they'll they'll be hosting next year. Um so, Rick, I think uh, honoring Dave Andrews so soon after his retirement uh, as president and CEO of the league, um, I think, is is quite apropos. If you've only got one person to induct this year, it's got to be Dave Andrews. Well, and, and kind of nice that uh, he goes into uh, the hall um, alone so that all the attention, all the focus is on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly does uh, deserve that for uh, all that he's contributed to the league. Absolutely. Want to mention as well, the league has announced this year's recipient of the Harry Hap Holmes Memorial Award. Um, this has been presented annually since 1972 to the goaltender or goaltenders on the team which allowed the fewest goals per game in the regular season. You might not be surprised to know that that's the Hershey Bears. Um, And so it means that their main tandem for this year are both recipients of the Hap Holmes Award. That's Phoenix Copley and Zach Focali. Um, I I have to say, and I even tweeted this uh, because Zach's all, because of the the, uh, injury in game one, for the Capitals by uh, of Vitek Vanacek, uh, Craig Anderson coming into play. Uh, that means, um, you know, Sam Sonoff's there in reserve. Uh, Zach Fukali has been called up to the Black Aces now. Um, what a year it's been for Zach Fukali. And I certainly, I can't deny what a year Phoenix Copley has had as well. But we know from covering Zach since his rookie campaign, and even before that, um, he has faced plenty of ups and downs in his young goaltending career. He's had some really challenging seasons where he played only in the ECHL. Um, and this season has been just such a turnaround for him. Uh, he's He's top notch uh, as far as stats go uh, for goaltending in the league this year. Uh, and Rick, I think he's just had uh, such a tremendous season. I'm just really, really happy to see things turning around for him. Congratulations to them both. Um, and and the, I, I, well, 
I like this uh, award uh, every year for obvious reasons, but um, it, it also uh, I take the time to look back at the previous winners. And when you when you see uh, who has won this award, whether it's Johnny Bauer, uh, Cheevers, or Pete Peters, Pelly Lindbergh. Uh, our good friend Vinny Riondo, um, Marty Biron, mm-hmm. um, Matt Murray. Uh, th- th- it's it's a great list, uh, and it um, it kind of signals that uh, yeah. the the winner of of uh, this award um, they in the past they've gone places. Absolutely, and to their credit, um, I haven't checked uh, Phoenix's uh, social media, but I did see that. Uh, Zach, in response to this announcement, uh, Fukali did say, you know, honestly, this is a team award because we couldn't do what we do in the net if the team in front of us wasn't as good as they were. And and that's and that's very true. It's a, it's a testament to how solid uh, the defense was in front of him, uh, in, in front of both of them, and uh, really just a tremendous achievement. So congratulations to both of them. Um, so for most of the league, that's a wrap on the 2021 season. Uh, so let's just take a quick look who were the division winners, um, in the Atlantic division, the Providence Bruins, uh, for a while they were running away with it. Hartford did try to get, uh, pretty close in, in challenging them for it, but they, the Providence Bruins did win the Atlantic division. Excuse me. Um, Hershey was the ultimate winner of the North Division. Lehigh Valley uh, struggled a bit towards the end of the season um, and and dropped out of that first place, place position. So Hershey did take the North as well as the league. Um, in the Canadian Division, the Laval Rocket uh, had a, a, a very good season. Again, they struggled towards the end of their season. And so the Manitoba Moose were able to kind of creep in there and and get a little a little closer to them in second place. But a, a, an excellent season for the Laval Rocket. And stick tap to the Belleville Senators yeah. who uh, finished uh, 8-0 um, and, uh, and won their last 8 of 10 games. So. Yeah, crept into third place there in the Canadian Division. And, and uh, that was a a really big turnaround for them to end the season and gives you an indication you know i i think ottawa has set themselves up well these last couple of years with their prospect pool and uh, belleville being able to do that at the end of the season is certainly a testament to that in the central yet again the chicago wolves i feel like that's a broken record every year uh but the chicago wolves uh, now it was it was a little closer in the central cleveland wasn't too far behind uh grand rapids griffins weren't too far behind but the chicago wolves come away with the central and we don't know as far as playoffs for the pacific we know for the regular season that the henderson silver knights did take uh, the division championship in the regular season uh, with Bakersfield close on their heels. Uh, but Rick, it's it's the Pacific Division is the one that is is has opted to do a postseason. Um, and so they had a, uh, a Pacific Division play in round, um, which was the well, there's a couple of teams who who started play earlier this week. The Tucson Roadrunners versus the San Jose Barracuda, the Ontario Reign versus the Colorado Eagles, and then whoever won both of those two games played last night to determine who was going to advance. And, and essentially, it comes out that the Barracuda are the ones who are going to advance to the semifinals. And so that's a best of three that will be played. Um, there's two separate ones. Uh, 
that one will be played against the Henderson Silver Knights. So it'll be the Barracuda versus the Silver Knights. They'll start uh, this Friday, May 21st, as well as the Bakersfield Condors and the San Diego Goals. So both of those series will be a best of three. And then the division finals uh, will be also a best of three, um, which will conclude before May 29th. So it's a pretty quick little postseason for them, but uh, I th- it's, it's, it's interesting to see how... They're the only division that opted to do it. Keep your eye on the Gulls. Um, They finished third in the Pacific Division, but in this quirky schedule, the quirky standings, uh, the San Diego Gulls got more points than anybody in the American Hockey League. Mm. They also played more games than anyone, uh, but at 53 points, they were on top. If it had been uh, decided by points. Uh, they were, they were on top. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, this little mini playoff uh, <laughs> run uh, goes for the Pacific Division. Absolutely. So essentially, my feel good finale for this week is put this one in the record books. Um, yes, the Pacific Division is going to wrap up their their divisional postseason, but by and large, the AHL season has come to a successful close. Um, you know, four or five months ago, it was really unclear as to what the AHL season would look like, whether or not it was going to be viable, whether or not it was going to be able to to be conducted f- through to the end of the season they had scheduled in mid-May. And to the credit of the league and to each team and each team's hockey ops staff and medical teams and people taking care of COVID-19 protocols, um, the AHL successfully completed a season this year. And despite the fact that there is not a Calder Cup playoff run, the Calder Cup won't be awarded for a second consecutive year. I think you could say that within the confines of this year, this was a success. Um, all three teams who opted out this year, it seems, are making plans to re-enter play again in the fall. Um and Rick, I think we just have to take our hats off to to the AHL and to each team for for battling through um, and and bringing whatever kind of hockey they could to their fans, whether there were people in the building or not. That's right, and creatively um, they did, and and it sets up for a um, a very competitive, a very fun season uh, next season. There's going to be some movement. There's going to be teams in different spots. Um, there's going to be new buildings. There's going to be all kinds of excitement next year. And, uh, and we're going to, uh, some of that, that information will unfold in the off season and, uh, we'll be here each week to let you know what's happening. Absolutely. That is a reminder that just because the AHL season is over, it doesn't mean we're going anywhere. Uh, we will be here every week, all throughout the off season, bringing you the latest in hockey news from around the NHL, the AHL, ECHL uh, prospects. Uh, of course, we'll be here uh, giving you some information on on draftees and, and so on and so forth. So we're not going anywhere. We don't want you to go anywhere. Be sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much for your support all season long. We've got plenty of content coming uh, over the summer. We've got uh, some plans for some really fun, exclusive interviews with former players, former coaches, other notables. Uh, You aren't going to want to miss a single week of the Press Zone, uh, and uh, we can't wait to bring it to you. So be safe. Enjoy uh, the playoffs if you're watching, and we'll see you back here again next week. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio.
Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.